With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves. That's right, you're hearing my voice. I am back hosting again this wonderful pod um now woods i'm gonna go straight to you because i listened to the pod last week (laughs) and i listened to your intro and i have to say i think it's the first time that i think i've ever heard you uh like just that there were no words it was almost like you were lost for words i I was lee uh if i'm honest me and mikey started a recording without any direction as to what we were going to do and it was kind of like shall i do an intro it's like yeah (laughs) let's probably do that i was like oh Let's do an intro, and then, as, as you can tell, ill-prepared and then just completely panicked. Uh, I, ha- I, have to re- I have to remark, though, that the, the pod was only 75 minutes, which is pretty much a record for us, I think. The producer yeah, I- doesn't turn up, and you don't have a scripted <laughs> show, and yet you've almost nailed it. I mean, Mikey was, like, flagging at the fact that it was, like, uh, 11 o'clock in Spain or something. Um, that was the main issue. Well, he is here. He is an hour ahead of us. How you doing, Mikey? I'm here. My network is going to absolute shit. You guys are just robots right now. <laughs> Very bad network, it says. This is not good at all. Um, well, the good news is we I can hear you. Going on. We can hear you, Crystal okay. Clear, mate. It's great. So hopefully the I listeners mean, can as well. One thing we have learned, internet in the UK, extremely good. Internet in Madrid, absolute dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just assume my girlfriend's streaming all kinds of, like, Blu-ray movies out there, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so obviously, I, I am back. I, I appreciated your words last week, uh, gallivanting around the, the streets of London. It yes. was true. That's what I was doing, but I also had to complete a move. So, uh I'm now involved in this whole, I've got a, a microphone in front of me, my very own microphone. I no longer have to lean across to Michael, have him moaning at me because I'm not in it. So hopefully you can all hear us crystal clear. Now, if there are any technical issues, then we do apologise. But what, what the fuck can we do? You know, this, D- we're, we're doing our best. complaints at Mikey. He's the tech guy, right? He, he looks Look, a little as, stressed. As, as I am quite stressed, if I'm honest with you. Like, as I said before... <laughs> um, 
Sound quality is life, okay? Sound quality is life. And I spent quite a few years honing that quality to make it you sound did. pretty good. Now I have no control over anything. It's down to the squadcast gods as to how this sounds. So, um, yeah, basically, if it's bad, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I should also explain that we can't actually put our own intro in intro music in at the moment. So that hence why you got me at the beginning just duddling along to the, 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 the song. But, um, I mean... Well, I'm moving house properly into like where my uh, because my laptop that I did all this stuff on is not is somewhere in a warehouse in Madrid somewhere. I don't even know where this this warehouse is basically. So, in a couple of weeks, I should be moved into a bigger apartment uh, with, with 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 hopefully better internet. I would, I would hope, but also crucially, my own laptop, so then I can edit things together and make things glorious again. Okay, but for now. We have Lee's glorious, uh, wonderful, dulcet tones. If I'm honest, mate, I wasn't prepared for it, and it almost killed me. I, I, I was wondered amazed what... that was the actual intro. I, was, I thought that he was joking around. I so so did I. Way. I was like, what's, what's Lee going? And then he started the intro afterwards. I'm like, he's going with this. He's committed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like we had no choice. After last listen to last week, whilst it was a great show, that it just we just kind of started talking well you guys just started talking and it was like oh right, right there, there, there's the pod there's the start i, I mean felt- we were lost without our producer and host so you know we were a little bit rudderless last week yeah c- confession I- is, is the is the key <laughs> i will say one other thing i'm sitting on i'm very uncomfortable right now uh, my neck is already pain central from <laughs> b- bending over this desk so the, let's hope we get another hour show, not a two-hour show, because I'm I'm dying already. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well, well, confession. Um, I've only literally just started the timer, so the producer is already not doing his job very well. <laughs> There's literally a timer in the bottom of the screen, mate. Ah, oh, yeah, excellent. Well, as we felt, I've got that covered up with the notes, so oh. I, I can only see a little bit of it. But um, anyway, let, let's move on because obviously I I wasn't about last week and we had uh, the Everton Man United game this weekend. Now I recall listening last week you were saying that the bubble hadn't burst for Everton. Before we go on to Man United, because obviously they they needed that result and we gave it to them, which is in some ways a good thing because it's like you know Ole in, which we'll cover that in a bit. However, you did say last week that the uh, the bubble hadn't burst for Everton. I'm going to argue differently, being the half-glass empty guy that I am. We, I mean, I didn't get to watch the game live. Michael did, so we're going to go to his thoughts really on this. But uh, I think you did as well, Woods. I unfortunately didn't because I was, as I said, you know, gallivanting around the streets of London. But from what I did see, Everton were quite poor and we didn't really take it to a Man United team that's not in good form at the moment. Oli was, you know, on the on the rack, so to speak. You know, he needed that result. He's he's got it. Where where have have teams sussed out Everton? Like in terms of, you know, Michael, you obviously spoke about this this move we've got now. You know, with Hammers and he, he cuts inside and he switches out to Digne. But then there's also the flip side of well, it seems like a teams are going to have already sussed that out. And B, Hammers doesn't track back. Luke Shaw was actually having a good game you know, for the first time ever. And it's because he had all the space to maraud into. This is from the, the highlights I saw from Match of the Day. I don't know how it played out over the whole game. But where, where, where's, where's it gone wrong? Where's it gone wrong for Everton, first of all? And has, the, you know, do you agree with me the bubble has burst? Um, I don't agree with you that the bubble has burst. I think the, the no, no, seriously, the main issue with Everton um, in the game against us was your final ball. 
it was atrocious. It was it was fucking atrocious. I, I you had there were so many. Everton got themselves in so many good positions in and around our box, and the final ball was abysmal. Every time it was abysmal. Um, Maguire, for what it's worth, I thought had quite a good game, uh, heading balls away. Uh, anytime Calvert Lewin got near Lindelof, I was worried. Yeah. But for the most part, the balls were going in the box. There was there wasn't any quality on them. Um, the 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 yeah the the, the the delivery was just poor. Uh, I think if Everton had some quality on that delivery, it would have been a different story, uh, maybe. Um, I don't think it helps that bringing on Iwobi to save the game. I, <laughs> as and and Tosan as well. Like, and Tosan as well. I just kind of sat there and I was like, you're bringing Tosan on, you're taking Rodriguez off, and the issue is that you're not getting quality balls into the box. Tos, you know, Tosan coming on isn't going to solve this because he needs quality balls into the box. And... Um, yeah, I, I felt that was the, the main issue for Everton in, in, in the game, if I'm honest with you. I don't think that... I don't recall Man United cutting you open too many times. I don't recall us having really any clear-cut chances. Um, I feel like our goals came from Bruno Fernandes, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Mm. Um, he's our best player by a thousand miles. Oh, the yeah. people that say he's just a penalty merchant, again, I've already said it once, I'll say it twice, go fuck yourself. Um, he's a phenomenal, he's a fantastic player. Um, yeah, I just um, it was one of those games. Was he the difference in the game? Yes, was just absolutely, mate. There was two moments of quality from Manchester United in the in the first half, and they both came via Bruno Fernandez, and they both resulted in goals. He's he's yeah. just a complete. He looks a tier above most of Manchester United's players, which is saying something because there are a lot of good footballers in Manchester United's team. He's um, the entire heartbeat. He makes everything happen. Like there was a period in the first half, and I think it went into the second half, where he seemed to have this ongoing battle with the entire Everton team, and that chippiness I really like about him. Like he he's got a really he's good master. mentality. Yeah, that elite mentality, that mentality that he's not going to shirk a challenge. In fact, he invites it. He wants to get into that, and he wins it most of the time as well. And all that tends to do is it just winds up the opponents and takes them out of the game. Like. He, he is Manchester United's captain on field. Um, I know Maguire's got the armband, but ultimately I, I can imagine that the 10 players that surround Bruno Fernandes on a Saturday afternoon look to him to be the tone setter. And they'll know if we've got a chance today by how well he plays. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I mean, even if you look at behind the scenes as well, by all accounts, Mason Greenwood's kind of... He's frozen out essentially, and he's not he's not going to England duty because uh, his attitude is apparently a bit lax. Um, by all accounts, um, there was a training session. I can't remember which day it was, um, and it was Fernandez rollicked him, or, or was very unhappy with Greenwood's lackadaisical approach in training. And it was Fernandez, the one who was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like apparently Fernandez made a pass in training. Greenwood didn't even bother running for it. And it's like, and it's that level of just like, no fucking do your job kind of thing and um dude it's, it's something that united don't have in spades it's not something that we possess we don't possess lots of players like that um i'm not sure that many teams do these days if i'm honest no. with you. and i think um yeah I, I think going going back to everton um it just there were a few nice bits and pieces from from you i, I thought but i just think that final ball was just not there just completely not there um I found I found it concerning that uh, Calvert Lewin I think only had two ch- two touches in the opposition box. Maybe that boils down to the fact that you, as you're saying, the, the lack of quality yeah. going in. Completely, and and if 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 a ball wasn't 
on the money to him, Maguire headed it away. Um, it, I, 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 genuinely, Maguire had a really good defense. It was a really good adjustment for what it's worth. For 20 minutes, Everton were the better team at the start yeah. of the game. And what Calvert-Lewin had tactically put himself on Lindelof because he knew he could bully him. And it looked like that was going to be a real problem for Manchester United. And that's also where the first goal came from Everton. But like I say, from that point on, it, it, that, that ball just didn't seem to be available where... You know, Calvert-Lewin wanted to bully Lindelof in the air, get the second ball, and then make that move into the penalty area. I mean, at half-time, I'm trying to think, it was half-time that Digne had a really good opportunity to square the ball um, yeah, and the ultimately post. hit the post. And, you know, that was a big moment. You know, it was a decent effort, but Calvert-Lewin was fuming um, in the middle of the box, waiting for that ball to come across. And that was an important moment going in. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like after that, United tend to just control the game pretty comfortably. It is a little bit concerning that, you know, at home, um, chasing the game a bit, that Everton weren't really able to create plenty of opportunities. And obviously, Cavani at the end getting um, a nice little bonus for for United fans. It's good to get him off the mark, obviously, with a goal. But FYI on Cavani, um, Martial, get out of that team. Yeah, that was the, uh, another thing that I wanted to mention. Apparently, he's not having hardly any shots at all. I think his numbers are not very good for this season. He, he runs, goes through he's these a little patches player, of form. He's a streaky player, isn't he? Yeah, we've said it before, haven't he, um, we? He's I mean, so streaky. What was the? There was a game. Um, I think it was the Arsenal game where someone was really coming. What pundit it was really laying into him for the lack of runs. Like he just mm. doesn't run in. He just doesn't run in behind. And something you notice when about Cavani. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's old as balls, isn't he, Cavani? But he comes on and he really does put himself about. He's just he, he what you're really really to do. He's got knowledge. Yeah. He's got some nous about him, and I think um, it was very evident that there. I mean, there was a couple of times in the last kind of ten minutes when Cavani came on, where there were a couple of times he was free because he'd made quite good runs. I think one of them. Um, I think it might have been Rashford delayed the pass too long and then when he played it, Cavani was offside and it was like, dude, play it five minutes earlier. He was onside and through. You know, there's, and there's things like that. Um, but no, I, I, it's just one of those games, man. I, I don't think... I came away from it. I wasn't like, wow, Man United are back or, or, and, and neither was I. Oh, Everton are now shit. It wasn't that at all. I think on another day, it could have been the opposite scoreline maybe. Um, there, there, there must was, be... Sorry, there, there, there must be some disappointment though that you kind of you have one to an extent because of uh, it does. Yeah. Ollie was under pressure. And we don't you don't want him in, do you? Not to be as I think Woods is, and the whole of Twitter is touching upon. All the opposition fans want Ollie in. You don't. You want a kind of bad run. Obviously, he gave away a dreadful goal in Europe in that Champions League. We have to bring that oh up. Demba Bar. Um, but a obviously, smiling my- Demba Bar. <laughs> but. <laughs> Does it? How long? How long does that give Ole? Do you think? Do you know, does that give buy him a few more games? Do you think the pressure was ever the there? The important in the first thing for Ole will come down to the Champions League again. If he progresses out of that group, he's got until next year because they're not going to sack him whilst they're progressing in the competition. It, it, Ole has this tendency that when the pressure gets up, he somehow gets a result. Hooker by crook, and I think this, that it helps. The, but sorry, but this is the thing again, though. I don't. As we've kind of touched on, and I think a lot of pundits are touching on this now as well is at the end of the day you know i see a lot of man united fans on forums and on twitter and things like that really giving the players a lot of fucking hassle they're not good enough they're not good enough they're not good enough and i sit there and i think we've got some really good players mate i don't think rashford's as good as a lot of people say is i think he's i think he should be more consistent at his age 
He's only, what, 23, 24? I do think he should be a little bit more consistent than what he is, because when he's bad, he's appalling. But I do think, uh, littered along the, uh, around our squad, we've got some very good players. And there is the argument that Ole is going to get it right, inverted commas, enough times when he just goes, when he throws them on, and just their general being fairly good at football can win games. But it's uh, but you'll never be consistent doing that. And the sign of a good manager is consistency. Uh-huh. And what's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer shown throughout his tenure at Man United? He ain't being consistent. He'll go on runs where it's going going well, and that is purely down, in my opinion, to the arrival of Bruno Fernandes lifting the team, and also players um, feeling motivated and confident because that can get you over the line enough times, I think, in the Premier League. Um, but then we go on runs where we look absolute dog shit for ages, and it's like. That's where you need a manager to change something, to do something. And we just don't do it. We, we, there's no concept of that. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't think he's the one. I, 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 I am a little bit disappointed that we won, if I'm honest with you. Um, when we went 1-0 down, I kind of sat there and I was like, excellent. Here we go. The knives are sharpening. But, <laughs> you know, there was a win, unfortunately. I'm still going to support my team if we are playing football. You know, I still... I never go into a game going, I hope we get fucked today. If we are getting fucked, then I'll then I'll look on the positive side of it. Yeah. But um yeah, it's one You're of in a tough it's, spot, it's mate. You're in yeah. a tough spot and I equate it similarly to where I am with the New York Jets at the moment. And that is that we suck, right? And that because of the way the NFL works, the draft um, when it comes around in April, um the the worst team gets the best player. Currently, we're looking like the worst team. So every weekend, I'm coming into weekends going, if it's better that we lose here for the good of what comes after. And there's an element of that, I think, for smart United fans uh, who can see past the, the rose-tinted Oli Solskjaer club legend. Um, it's not working. He's not the right guy. I still think the most damning indictment is that he's not got anything close to the best out of Paul Pogba. I'll go back to kind of things that we've spoken about before. My one requirement as the owner or whoever at Manchester United to make the decision on who the manager is, I sit down and go, tell me how you're going to get this footballer, who's the best footballer at this football club, to be performing closer to the levels of Kevin De Bruyne. Tell me how you're going to do that. And if they can't tell me, then I ask them to walk out the door. That's my one key thing. He's our best player. He has to look like our best player. And he's failed at that. He's ne- Pogba hasn't been able to find any sort of consistent form under Solskjaer. And for that alone, I'd sack him. Well, we're on International Week, aren't we? And uh, Didier Deschamps has already come out, the France manager, and he's given his two-piece on it, hasn't he? He's pretty much said he's not happy at Man United, which we kind of... We it know. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's unhappy because he's going nowhere. I will tell you now, who's going to pay up? Nobody. Nobody's going to pay up. Madrid are going to pony up for Mbappe, Barcelona are broke. What, is he going to go play for Bayern Munich? Can't see I mean, it. Even PSG at the moment, their, their president has come out and said they're hmm? currently negotiating new deals for Mbappe, Neymar and Di Maria. And, yeah. But he said, like, we, lo- we lost money. COVID I mean, smashed we, them. We've got, we've got no money to do this. And so it's like, even, you ain't seeing PSG going, they're not dropping 80 million fucking euros on Pogba. Interesting on PSG quickly, because um, it's a good point to talk about Moise Keane, who's obviously actually having a decent time <laughs> with things there. Just I did read that Everton are keen on him to stay there. That's right, because well, I think the way we look at it is that we're going to basically boost his value. Boost his value because he's scoring some goals somewhere. Um, the president of PSG has said, unfortunately, Moise Keane, we don't have an option to buy him. We'd love to keep him because he's a fantastic footballer. Wow. <laughs> like, Which I, is I fascinating, I, I isn't it? it? I was like... 
Because he never looked anything like at Everton. He he looked lost. Uh, I think, I don't know, I don't want to blame it on one pinpoint on one particular incident in terms of obviously Duncan Ferguson yanking him off after putting him on. Oh, gosh. But he... He, he he lacked confidence pretty much after you know the first run of games under Marco Silva where he wasn't really getting a look in and his confidence went and then I was actually hoping with Ancelotti coming in and Ancelotti claiming that he wanted to sign him when if he was Papa at Napoli. Papa Carlo can't put an arm around you and get the best mm. out of you then it's 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 not going to work because Carlo is a is a man manager. That's what he's made his career out of. And but the, um, but the surprising thing is now we're, we're bringing on the likes of Tosin. I, yeah, I, that's not better, is it? Then I, I think he he was pushing uh, for the move. Tosin was the best money you could get for that best player <laughs> for that money in world football. Well, okay, as so. claimed by the best manager in your boy's eyes in terms of Sam Allardyce. Well, the guy that should have a statue outside the uh, Goodison Park, mate. So, yeah. For finishing, hey. was it eighth? Eighth. Eighth after basically coming in saving from relegation, mate. Eighth is, is incredible. What mate, a they'd job. Be making a, they'd be making a documentary, like an Everton Till I Die documentary <laughs> on you, mate, if he hadn't been in there. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, let, less of the uh, Sam Allardyce talk. Let, let's let's move it along because, um, well, we did. We're not going to talk about the the probably the big game of the weekend in terms of Man City Liverpool. I had a little topic that I wanted to discuss, but I feel maybe we're going to talk about it next week as it is an international week, and we don't really like talking about international football. So no. we'll revisit maybe that game and sort of a leading subject coming out of it, which is is Kevin De Bruyne world class or is he as good as he we, he is? Woods. I'm going to pause you. We're not talking about it. You touched. You had. You touched upon your thoughts I earlier. I, I, I did. I did want to say. Look, it was a good quality football match, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was. But we're going, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about instead some Spurs and Chelsea title contenders. Hey, eh? now I know you're going to do some Spurs bashing woods, but before you do that, talk to me about Chelsea. Talk to me about where is your barometer now? The the Lampard out barometer. Where where's it swinging? Because you've had two wins. Can I make a prediction? Can I, can I make a prediction? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> I feel like with the addition of Hakim Zayek to, to, to the first Zayek, yeah. And him looking like an absolute fucking baller. Let's mm. be clear about it. Right. They say in the, uh, we're not looking at the, uh, who was the, we're not looking, who was the baller? These, uh, we're not looking at the Xhaka baller. Right here. <laughs> no, we're looking at an actual baller. Like Zayek looks fucking great. Okay. What a player. I was sold on him from the moment I saw that gif of him pinging that ball. Oh, that beautiful ball. The, and dude this guy you've got a guy in your team I talked about it last week or about James Ward-Prowse at Southampton where if you've got a guy that can deliver a set piece or put in a quality ball they're worth their weight in gold these days you know David Becker made a career out of it you know um, in Zayek you've got a guy that is just an absolute nightmare for defences up and down the country because this guy has got quality written all over him so, and so- I think I think this is the guy that saves Lampard's job. So yeah, that's that's yeah. that's good. Well, Woods is is he was he the missing piece as to why Lampard it feels like it wasn't getting it, it right. It really does feel like it. I think we had a lot of uh, direct wingers, let's put it that way, or um, central midfield players playing out wide that looked completely uh, uncomfortable and inept in those positions. And the one thing that Zayat gives you is um, quality in that position, but he he also creates opportunities for Reese James to get into as well. That right-hand side now of Reese James getting forward and his delivery is exceptional as well. But the problem for defenders is because if Reese is coming down, he's going to go outside you. If you cover the outside, Zayek's going to come inside because he's left-footed and he, he's already said he's going to take a pass on. He's like Bruno Fernandes in a way. In fact, he's like all top-level um, 
playmakers where he's willing to just take on the pass and just try it and just try it again and try it again. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. We'll go again, we'll go again. And ultimately, that's how Chelsea beat Sheffield United. And the thing about that fixture was um, there was a point in that game at 2-1 up where it felt very similar to games where we dropped points last year. You know, that classic cliche, we would have dropped points there last season. But it generally was that case. And the difference was is that Zayek was on the pitch to create the opportunities um, and, and ice the game in the end. Um, and with players such as uh, Timo Werner playing from the left-hand side um, and, and Zayek's vision, that's going to create opportunity after opportunity just through the pace. Um, in terms of, you know, my feelings about Frank Lampard, they don't change too much. Um I still question him as a, an elite level football manager. Um, I don't, I've already spoken about this Chelsea squad. I do still believe it's the best squad in the country. Um, is it the best 11, starting 11? I, I don't think so. I think Liverpool probably still have that. Um, but I think that Chelsea, in, in a season of COVID, where we already see the injury count racking up, Chelsea have got an advantage that other clubs would desire to have, which is just such depth in quality. Um, I just can't see Frank Lampard being able to propel Chelsea to the Premier League title. I still think he's going to ultimately be the handbrake that holds us back. I'd be delighted to be proven wrong. You know me. I'd love it all to work out for Frank Lampard. I just don't necessarily believe it. I kind of feel that he's... Um, Mikey, you touched on it earlier with Oli, is that um, sometimes high-quality players are able to play uh, at such a high level that they can make the manager look good, right? And maybe that's all this team needs uh, when you look at the players that are on that pitch because I think in the two fullbacks we've got, we've arguably got... Maybe the second best, arguably the best fullback combination. Um, and we've already touched on the Zayat quality, Werner. Tammy Abraham's doing a job nicely um, up front. And then obviously you've got Mason Mount um, and uh, Kai Havertz when obviously it's hopefully. Favourite player, Lee. Yeah. Mason Mount. See, I don't, I don't really get the, the Mason Mount hate. I've never really understood it. Um, I think he's an easy person to dislike because he looks like Mason Mount. I am being sincere here, mate. I am being genuinely I, I sincere. Get what you I mean. think he gets... It's, it's not hatred. It's just uh, maybe I feel like it's just overblown in terms of, uh, you know, just what people say about him and what, you know, the level that he can reach. I'm just not quite seeing it. You know, but maybe, like I said, maybe I'm being he, a bit harsh. He makes everything tick to an extent for Chelsea um, in their new found 4-3-3. So we finally, the one thing I'll give Lampard credit for is that we've finally got away from the 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 4-2-3-1 uh, of death. Uh, we've ditched the double pivot that was Kovacic and Jorginho, which yes. just so very, very painful to watch. Um, and I think that ultimately having Mason Mount in that, does provide opportunity we, for Kai Havertz to be more Kai Havertz. Should should we tamper it a little bit though in terms of or you know bring it down in terms of the fact that you've played was it Krasnodar, yeah. Burnley and Sheffield United? They're they're no great. Yeah, shakes. We're not talking about the high end football teams at the moment. We've got some games coming up um, that are. I think we've got a couple of winnable games, but I know at the end of this month we've got Tottenham. And Tottenham which brings also, us on nicely to talk about Tottenham. Right? Tottenham are also in. Well, they're, they're picking up results. People are talking about them being title contenders. I think people want them to be title contenders or even winners because it's Tottenham and they don't win the league. But It's Jose as well. Let's not yeah. forget about it. Jose's still the darling, right? Yeah. We all love Jose Mourinho. We all watched a documentary. <laughs> all went. I drank all of that Kool-Aid. I bathed in the Jose Mourinho Kool-Aid at the start of this season. I, I was all in on Tottenham. And then after 90 minutes against Everton, I was like, holy shit, I was wrong. But no, it turns out the Kool-Aid was right. Um 
they're winning games that Jose wants to win, like, and that's just basically by just willing through it and then having a player who's obviously in exceptional form, be it Son or Harry Kane, um, to to do enough to win the football match. And, you know, if you ask me the question, who's more likely to win the Premier League this season? I look through the squads and I don't think there's a massive delta in terms of player quality. I think there's obviously uh, Kane's uh, a better striker than what we've got. You could argue the same with Son, but I think then we've got strengths elsewhere. Um, the one massive difference between these two football clubs is the manager, right? It's as simple as that. And I I, mm. <laughs> I love Jose Mourinho uh, and I still happen to believe enough in Jose Mourinho that he could will something across. Then I watched the game on Sunday and I realised that Liverpool and Man City are both a level above both these football clubs right now. That's the key thing that did come across. But if you're asking me of the two teams who I believe could generally sustain a uh, competitive season and contend, I would go with Tottenham um, just because of Jose Mourinho being the key difference maker. I heard you, Michael, last week mention or say that you don't believe Tottenham are title contenders, given, obviously, that we're maybe comparing them with Chelsea. Where, where do you think, who finishes above? Chelsea above Spurs or Spurs above Chelsea before you even rule out that they're going to be title contenders or title winners? <laughs> um, it's a really difficult one because um, I think, as Wood summed it up well, Chelsea have a better squad. Um Spurs have a better manager. I very very quickly. Who did, who did, um, very quickly. You say about the squad, but you mentioned the, like the like was it Stephen? Was it, I can never say his name. Is it Stephen Verkwine? Yeah, him and um, Harry Winks. They didn't even make the squad. I was I was just getting onto and Delhi as well, oh, right? Sorry, Delhi's, sorry, for, sorry. I'll let didn't you continue. Fucking interrupt me. <laughs> um, I tell you what, mate. Spurs, the second you're not in the same room as him. Right, look at him just bossing you around, isn't he? Walking all over me, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> what, um, who did I watched the game earlier? Well, who did Spurs play at the weekend? West Brom, was mm. it? Lay, yeah, Labour, Labour yeah, 1 0. Right, I, wa- I watched extended highlights of that game. Don't ask me why, I'm a masochist apparently. I wanted to see how Bale did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the word laboured is correct, right? West Brom are fucking shit, okay? They are bad. I was <laughs> expecting them to sub on Robert Earnshaw at one point. The, Spurs were no good. They were no good. West Brom looked dangerous against them. Um, I thought that Spurs massively rode their luck at times in, in that game. They, they, they won thanks to a last gasp header from Harry Kane. A fucking header from Poor the keeping, guy. really. Um, poor keeping as well. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I do think they've got some good players in there. Like I say, Deli Alley, But then he, you know, he's gone down the Paul Pogba route of pissing Mourinho off. Um... They've got players like La Celso, who apparently creates loads of chances per 90 and things like that. Hmm. I'm not particularly sold on him, nor do I think Mourinho is sold on him because he does do fuck all defensive work. I do think with, I do think the front three of Bale, Son and Kane is potentially the best in the country. What is a concern, Absolutely. surely, is that centre-back pairing. If Eric Dyer thinks he's it. a centre-back... This is it. Eric Dyer is garbage. Hot garbage. I don't care how many goal line clearances he does. He's terrible. He's not a very good footballer. I don't think I don't think Lloris is very good at goalkeeping. I think he's well past his sell-by date. I don't rate the fullbacks. I don't rate the mid... Well, I, I, for what it's worth, I like Hoiberg. Um, I think he's, he's been a really good. good job. He he's is done, yeah. Mourinho's lieutenant. You know, he's a Mourinho player, isn't he? Look at him. Everything he does is Jose Mourinho. Um, Dombele, I think he's... Um, Doing well, I think. Suzuko um, playing as well. There's a player in there with him, Dombele. 
there's a there's a player ah uh, yeah absolutely yeah, and you can start to see it but i do think that um I always think with Spurs that you can get at them. And I don't think they're ever going to be open enough to put teams away to the sword. So fundamentally, I always think if you're playing Spurs, you've got a chance. Unless you're Man United and they, you, they let you, you, know, you, they stick six past us unfathomably. But um, yeah, I, I think Chelsea finish above Spurs, to be honest with you. Just because um, I think the when you look player for player, I think that Chelsea team has more experience in it. They've got players like Kante, they've got players like Thiago Silva who have been there, they've done it. They've got someone like Werner who is an elite level striker. Obviously Kane on the other side, but Kane, injury problems. Bale, injury problems. Son, he gets... Yeah, that, and that's the, that's the key um, thing for Tottenham, right? That you talk, we talk about their front three being as good as anything in the country. Um, <clears throat> Bale was poor, by the way. But they, they're very injury prone. Every single one of those players has had yeah. significant time out over the last couple of years. And while having the likes of Mora and Bergvine and Vinicius, Vinicius? Oh, yeah, that guy. Right. Whilst having those guys as depth is really good, if you're suddenly relying on those guys to then play 10 games in a row and deliver against maybe top opposition, I'm worrying. You, know? you, you uh, mentioned so Thiago you Silva uh, for Chelsea. I cannot kind of explain how important he is to the team. Like he is so important to that defense because the second he's not there, it's Antonio Rudiger. You know what I mean? Mm. And and it's it's not just that you're losing an elite level defender; you're losing a defender that is an exceptional distributor distributor of the football. And um, his passing from the back opens things up because he's able to kind of get the ball into feet into the offensive players which obviously gets teams on the hop and on the turnaround. Um, and when you've got Rudiger and, and Zuma as a partnership, you've basically got two players that just stab at the football. Mm. I think you mentioned as well, you touched upon Chelsea have got some interesting games coming up in terms of being... Well, actually, well, is it, we're going to learn a lot about them. I mean, Tottenham we have well, played Liverpool. Tottenham have also We've, got some serious games coming yeah, up. That's where we're going to learn fixtures. Too. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them up. If you talk... <laughs> I'm going to try and find Tottenham's fixes because they are tasty and we are going to learn a lot about this Tottenham team if they are genuine contenders. Um, like I said, I, I, I bathed in the Kool-Aid that was Jose Mourinho after all or nothing and I'm going to now basically uh, hitch my wagon to it. Um, but we're, we're going to learn a lot. Do I think they'll win the league? Like I said, having watched the game on Sunday, I just felt that that Liverpool performance, especially in the first half, was exceptional. When you're talking Liverpool about the... the league. Yeah, like the players Van Dijk they're missing. Or no Van Dijk, doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, the, bear in mind they haven't got arguably the best defender in the league, um, and they also haven't. I don't think Thiago played, and I don't yeah. think um, for Firmino played either. And obviously Dude, the cat. No, no, they, no, no they, 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 Liverpool played a bizarre like, the formation. Oh, that's they right. They played, played four two, attacking they, players, they, didn't they? Played they? Like four two four. And then it switched no, it to like 4-2-4. Four, four, four. Technically, it was yeah, it was technically they, a four two three. One, they were so effective because. Um, they, they showed it when they, they zoom out on the pitch and that front four were like that ball's not getting into Rodri they, clearly Klopp was like you take him out of the game and they have to go direct and we'll just deal with that yeah. um, and, time, and that's the difference time, between a top level manager and not yeah. every time Liverpool's um, midfield or especially their defence got the ball they pinged it and bypassed Rodri and Gundogan straight away just bypassed them because for some the pair of them were pressed up so high at points that a simple square pass just takes them both out of the game. All of a sudden, Firmino's on the ball and he's got Mane, Jota and Salah all near him. 
and it's yeah. like oh dear <laughs> they're just a really good team uh, you can it's easy to forget how good they are um and because this city team are meant to be their closest contenders and they're meant to be kind of closer to full strength and um I thought Liverpool were the better team on the day. I thought Liverpool probably uh, could have won the game as well. But talking about Tottenham, back to Tottenham. So they got City after the break. Um, they follow that with a champ. Sorry, Champions League. Sorry, they play Thursday nights. Uh, Ludogorets. Uh, <laughs> so I, I won't bother talking about the Europa League games because they don't matter. But they got um, City at home, Chelsea away, um, Arsenal home, Palace away, Liverpool away. Uh, Leicester home, Wolves away, um, before ending the year with with Fulham at home. So the, the next run of fixtures is really going to tell us a lot about this team. And you see, say about the Europa <laughs> League, but the fact is that they've got to play those Europa League games. They have the got to play those football matches and then play on a Sunday because they have to approach those games as games that they do need to get results from um, because it's a legitimate route into the Champions League. Firstly, but more importantly, when you're Jose Mourinho, it's a tournament that's possible to win, right? Um, he wouldn't hang like his uh, all his hopes on winning the Premier League uh, with this team. Um, if you, in his heart of hearts, he doesn't believe this team's actually good enough to win the Premier League. He he knows that where Liverpool are, but he probably looks at the Europa League and goes, "This is a tournament um, where we could win games one nil just on the basis of keeping it tight." And hoping Kane, Son or Bale does something at the other end that's exceptional that wins the football match. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, Bale has already got injured in in West Brom where he had his ankle strapped up. I don't know how serious it is, but... He was always going to struggle a little bit because he hasn't played much football. He was injury prone beforehand, didn't play a lot of football and then coming back to playing football on a short sort of um, opportunity with no pre-season. It was always going to be a high-risk situation with Bale. Um, I, I think by the back end of the season, we start might start seeing a bit more of what really Gareth Bale is. That's if he's still fit, because um, there's also a risk that Jose Mourinho does not give a fuck about what physios say half the time. He wants his players on the pitch, doesn't he? That's that's a Jose thing as well. Mm. Let's move on, because there was a, a hell of a game involving. Or it was the last game of the uh, of the weekend. It was uh, Arsenal Villa. Villa gave them an absolute drubbing. Now, I'm going to go to Mikey first because I know your feelings about Arteta. You've displayed them before. You <laughs> don't like the football. You don't see there's been much change. What I want to kind of pose to you is, the you know, is, you know I'm going to call it a revolution because, you know, ultimately that's what Arsenal need. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to see little glimpses here and there, maybe of good football, and then you're going to see some maybe not so good football whilst the players adjust and also he needs to get the personnel in terms of Arteta however there are rumblings well there's a lot of rumblings in terms of you know his quality and is, is he just pep number two or you know is he a mark two in terms of you know I don't know he's, he's just the, the way he plays football obviously is going to be quite reserved quite content he's what he obviously wants to hit on 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 the on the counter-attack for me, there's, you know, we, we said about Aubameyang playing out left, and I think we've said before how good it is that he's playing there. However, they've got Lacazette and Kete. Time, I, do not, I do not like Aubameyang playing well, out left. He, he, he scores goals. Why the fuck is he, is he playing out left when you've got Lacazette, who's clearly not in form, and the, the, the backup is in Ketia? Put Saka it's out on the system, left wing. It's a system choice, And put Aubameyang mate. up front. So, 
you know, Mikey, did you watch the game first of all? Did you manage to? Yeah, ca- I watched it. Where, where, what, what, what the fuck? Or oh, 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 should we be, should we be same, praising it, Villa? Should we be praising no, them? It's the same. It's the same. I mean, absolutely. Every single time. Now, Villa. Let's be clear. Villa have turned up this season. Surprise packages. Um, Jack Grealish, for my money, is player of the season so far. Definitely. Um, I think in the addition of Ross Barkley, um, they've got, well done to them for getting Ross because he is um, Ross. Ross. He is uh, Ross. <laughs> um, he, he's you know, McGinn as well. They're they're, they're playing. The three of those games. players look like they're having a good time, right? That's yeah, the one Ollie, thing you watch it. And Ollie Watkins is benefiting enormously. That gamble's paid basically. off. Absolutely, yeah. but I, I think this is the same thing of Arsenal. Let me read you my notes that I, that I, I wrote notes when I watched Match of the Day two, um, look, and then look I watched him. some extended highlights. Of Sounds serious, mate. These are my, these are my notes for uh, for, for for the uh, the Arsenal game. Okay, the first the first Villa goal. I just put great Villa goal because that was they took the piss. Okay, if I'm a manager and I see. Ross Barkley having the ball like that and the ball is literally s- still on the pitch, right? Ain't moving. Ross Barkley is just kind of doing a bit of a dance. Wiggling his legs. And, and, and the defender is literally Who's the defender fronting him out of interest? I don't know. Uh, was it holding out there? Could have been Bellerin holding. Bellerin holding would have been right inside. it was Bellerin. But it was abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. And then I just wrote, Arsenal are wank. They cannot play on the front foot. And this is exactly what I've been saying forever, okay? This, right, Arteta, I give him all the props in the world for making Arsenal something they have not been for the last 15 years, right? They can, I feel like Arsenal, when they go and visit a top side now, a Man City, a Liverpool, a Man United, Chelsea, um, they can go now get a result. And their fans can be actually fairly confident that they can pick up a result. They're going to play garbage football. And then they're, 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 it's going to be horrible to watch, but they're going to grind. They're going to grind results now because basically, and you've mentioned it earlier, words they play system football now. It <laughs> is Arteta will do everything he can to have free at the back, which means that he now cannot play natural wingers. He has to play Saka and Bellerin as the width, and then that means that everything else is basically a bit jumbled up, right? He's got El Nelly in there who he's the leg, he's a shocker. He's the legs, but he had a shocker. Thomas Partey, um, he didn't have the best game either. Lacazette missed a pretty easy header that I'm probably going to I may have even put in. <laughs> but the, um, that's a stretch maybe. But I, I look at the Arsenal side and the, quest, the questions haven't changed. It's, all right, I, I can see they can play on the counter-attack. Well done, but you're playing Villa now. If I'm an Arsenal fan and I watched AFTV, I watched the highlights of those guys <laughs> going fucking spare over this. If I'm Arsenal, if I'm an Arsenal fan and I turn up at Villa, regardless of how Villa are playing, I expect my team to be on the front foot. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I expect us to be taking the game to them, dominating possession, creating chances. What happened? I was shocked, to be honest. I I was genuinely surprised at the... the Dude, I was not... I, was not, I mean, I was surprised in a way. I watch Arsenal. I've watched Arsenal play in the fucking Europa League against jobbers, and they look awful because they have no idea how to take the impetus of a game. They re- Arteta set that team up to rely completely to counter the opposition. Mm-hmm. And that works if the opposition are going to have a lot of the ball and, and Arsenal are going to be deep. But if that doesn't happen, they look clueless. They look utterly, utterly clueless. Until he figures this out, they're, they're, they're just going to continue to do this. But the problem is, is that 
Under Wenger, at least they would turn up against the smaller teams and dick them. So, you know, for the most... And then they'd, they'd play fairly... They'd play football, wouldn't they? They'd play, they'd play some, some football. football. Um, then every now and again, they'd, they'd, they'd go on a nice little run where they'd win 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, and then they'd come unstuck a little bit. But you knew, as an Arsenal fan, you'd go into games, unless you're against the top, top teams, you'd go into every game confident. Mm-hmm. Ish. Yeah. If I'm an Arsenal fan now and I'm turning up and I've got to play against Burnley, I'm like, we ain't scoring today. Because this team does not look like scoring at all. Aubameyang has basically turned up and gone, I really want that last payday. And he's basically gone, fuck this for a game of bananas. I'm just going to, I'm being shunted down to this left wing. This is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I, you ain't seen anything of me now. You've got fucking um, Willian on the other side. Oh my, oh my days. Oh my days. Right. Hey, look. I, 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 we told you so. You knew. You knew. We Mate, knew. You told us so. That guy is just... He's the most infuriating the footballer. There was a point Be- in the game where he had the ball and he was in a pr- fairly promising position and he decided just to go, you know what, I'll play it safe. I'll knock it behind me. Knock, knock it back into the midfield. Maybe give it to party. Nope. Just straight to... I think it was Grealish he gave it to. And it was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, and it's just... Everything that could go wrong goes wrong for them. And I look at Arteta and he came out after the game and said, I'll take full responsibility. The, the, these players did not turn up and that's on me. And I do respect that because a lot of managers would just kind of push it onto the players. But the, the questions haven't changed. Until they can stand up there and bring it to teams that they should be beating and play with impetus on the front foot, exactly the same as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I will not give anyone any medals for playing effective counter-attacking football because that's what you do when you first get re- when you first get promoted into the Premier League. That's the system you play. Yeah. I, I'm just going to explain... It's safety why, football. It is safety Bullshit. football. Uh, I'm just going to explain hot, my surprised my comment. The reason I was surprised... <laughs> the reason I was surprised is because I expected a bit more um, in the sense that I thought um, a manager that clearly has been to have an idea about tactics um, would have switched it up. Like I, did, I, I was shocked when I saw the fact he lined up exactly how he did at Old Trafford for a home match against Aston Villa. I couldn't believe what I was seeing with that because it made no sense to me. I, I, we, we spoke about um, Xhaka last week, I think, and the fact is with Xhaka is um, he has to play in a free. But he'll play in a game where you're going to dominate the ball and you need to kind of progress that ball from back to front. Um, and then you obviously have maybe a, a nice player in front that's going to be able to kind of unlock the defences when they sit deep. He didn't change it. He effectively, like I say, he set up to counter-press. I couldn't believe it. At home to Villa. Danny Ceballos is basically the, the player that's created the most chances per 90 in Arsenal, for Arsenal this, this this season. And... Why is it? You play party Sabayas and Shaka. You're going to yeah, dominate the. That's ball the three anyway. that should have played against them. I mean, if you, especially if you're not going to play Messer Ozil, who by, by well, for what it's worth, <laughs> Messer has actually got the the, the uh, highest chance creation under Arteta. Um, just for what it's worth, um, yeah, I know, um, and he doesn't get to smell the grass anymore. But we haven't seen um, since lockdown. It's, it's incredible because. Yeah, <laughs> the, the mad thing is, and you're right, you look at Aubameyang and you looked at Aubameyang at Old Trafford and you're like, he, the reason he didn't play out front at Old Trafford is because you're playing a system that required a player that was willing in that forward position to do a lot of dog's work and you couldn't trust Aubameyang to do it. So I understand why you do it. But when you play in Villa, you just have to kind of go, well, we're going to be on the front foot here. So I want to have my best goal scorer in goal scoring positions. And then I want to kind of have players about that 
that are going to be able to get him the ball in goal scoring positions. Like, play on the front foot. I was amazed. I genuinely was genuinely shocked when I saw the lineup. I couldn't fathom how we've got this. One Sunday, you've got this manager that's been lauded for being able to develop a tactic on the counter press to, to completely baffle United um, is that the, the greatest uh, plaudits you can get baffling Ollie Solskjaer at Old Trafford it's, it's you know maybe that's um, <laughs> what is it they call it damn with fake, fake praise is that what they say or something along those lines but mm. I, I, I was genuinely shocked and you know to get drubbed 3-0 and we spoke about Villa a few weeks ago we, we're high on Villa this year that the acquisitions we already touched on exceptional but the goalkeeper I mean the thing is that goalkeeper Emi Martinez he must have really enjoyed that one you saw he must be feeling back the wrong horse a little bit uh, he, sent me away he, and he's kept, kept more clean sheets than Leno at the Emirates this season that's incredible so Arteta's playing defensive football and not not being capable of playing defensive football. It's baffling. I know there's, I have to look at the numbers, but it doesn't feel like, it feels like home, um, home advantage doesn't exist in the COVID environment, right? Because we've got no fans, there's all these different elements and um, it it feels like home teams not necessarily having that advantage. But yeah, I I, I was genuinely shocked. (laughs) I I did read... um, Something about, I think Tony Adams suggested that the tactics are too complicated for the players. And he was specifically talking about Kieran Tierney because he had that moment where <laughs> effectively FIFA glitched all over the place. <laughs> it was so uh, funny. It was incredible That was to Sunday watch. league, that was. I it really was. But the thing, but I kind of get where Tony Adams is coming from. I kind of feel when you go to play these elite games, um, at least top level teams you can kind of go with these niche tactics that require a lot of thought you can get the players really up for it because it's a big game but I can understand why maybe in these other games you kind of want to go to more of a conventional formation put Tierney at left back because it's his natural position put Bellerin at right back and go with a more traditional 4-3-3 position get players in the right spot Uh, the playing of Willian again it's a system thing the playing of Lacazette or Nketiah is a system thing. He's not necessarily putting his best footballers into the pitch. And you you know this because he's leaving the best footballer at the club at home to play Fortnite. It's fact. I, I, I am I can't, genuinely I, I, I can't. by the fact this guy doesn't play football. It's, it's, it's incredible to me because I go back to it. That team, it baffles me. It's I the same. lazy as shit. But that guy. It's the game it's just, where you have him, right? Screams out for the guy. Just home against Villa. This is the game where I need him. The thing El is, Nini I you can do his running. If you're going to play El Nini, you do it to cover another player, yeah. right? If you can just just say to El Nini, right? Unfortunately, mate, we know why you're here, because right? <laughs> and, and he's okay with it. The ball. This he's is okay with it. You know, just make sure, just pick up Ozil's runner because he ain't I, doing it. But I can't when you get the ball, give it to him. I can't criticize Oli Solskjaer. Uh, for basically the, the Pogba statement and not give Arteta criticism for the fact that as a manager you've got this geezer on a, on the books for two years right basically that's for 350 grand a week I just can't understand how you don't have this situation where you sit down with a manager incoming and the thing was he did start to play something must have broken there along the way I don't know the full in- there's something more to it I have to believe there's something more to it because at the start when he was playing, he was actually really good. Um, he gave Chelsea, um, a, there was a game at the Emirates uh, pre-COVID and he was exceptional. We managed to somehow jam in the game 2-1 at the end of the game, but he was, he Oza was exceptional that day. Um, and that lives in my memory because it's like, well, it clearly, he's still there and it clearly worked with Arteta. I don't understand. And yeah, it's, it was a really, really bad weekend. And of course, um, 
the pro Wally fans were all out in force post game talking about oh uh, see you're not going to give Arteta the same slams that you give Oli and it's slightly different and I don't think that Arteta escaped criticism this weekend for it um, and rightly so Look, I don't want to take away from Villa because they were exceptional but at the same time I, I kind of feel you're going to play into their hands be, be the fucking home team at some point the thing is as well with Arsenal fans because they were treated to, to Wenger football for such a long time the dog shit football without delivering results will not last long with this lot. Mm, I think Dude, it's already happened. Already yeah, I say, it's they're already, already happened. They've, they've turned. They're, they're already... I've seen a lot say he was a mediocre player. <laughs> we were uninspired when he signed. Um, and he's a mediocre manager, which I think is a little bit harsh, but he's... He wasn't a mediocre something. player. He was a good player, but he wasn't an elite you know, we... player. Yeah, I mean, I know you're going to defend him, Lee, because he's an Everton icon. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, it, we we did talk about it last week after the United result. Is that these fixtures are the stumbling blocks for Arteta, and he's still not worked it out, which I think is a damning indictment. But then again, you kind of think of it in a way, and the guy that he apparently learnt on also struggles occasionally in these these fixtures, these sort of lesser games. But at least he'd go for it. I'm just sure we we go to it. Did he really learn anything under Pep Guardiola? Because nothing looks like Pep Guardiola from here. There, there, He's there his own man, and that's a credit. There is a key difference. So one of those managers was backed with some serious oil money, and the other one is like you know <laughs> yeah. scraping the barrel off an American guy. So I mean, he definitely wanted Awa, right? And you can understand why he wanted Awa because he hasn't got a player that elegant on the ball to be able to kind of unlock a defence. I think he wanted Awa. Uh, they couldn't get that deal done. I don't understand. It may well, I think it came down to sort of agent fees or something because they ended up going with Thomas Partey instead, which was the easy deal. I think they needed both of them. Uh, but again, that's kind of like, go back to the Oli thing, um, the people criticise United for not backing Oli by signing him a £250 million footballer. It's kind of ridiculous to say, oh, the club's letting down Arteta because they didn't buy him a £50 million midfielder, you know. It's um, it's, 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 it's not kind of fair, but like he's going to have to start performing in these games because these are the games that matter, right? If you want to play Champions League football, the football matches that matter are not going to Old Trafford and getting three points, as Chelsea showed. Chelsea went to Old Trafford and they were like, um, three points would be great, but a point from here is a good result for us um, because there's X amount of other teams in the league, right? You're talking about, you've got five other teams that are fighting at the top for those four places, right? Because of the top six. I know it's a little bit broader and being really unjust to Leicester and Wolves and those other teams, but you probably earmark the rest of the league and you go, those are the games that we have to win. You know, there's, there's 14 other teams or 13 other teams in the league. Um, especially that- in this era where basically the fixtures piling up Fast and fast and faster and faster. Injuries galore. Squad management is key. You have to really pick and choose your games where yeah. uh, you go, you know what, in this game, a point is actually a hell of a result. Where the hell is Nicola Pepe? Well, he's playing, but he's not doing very <laughs> he well. He played. He was terrible. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, £72 million. Pounds. Well, that's another one that Mike called, though. Yeah, you, did, you, you said that you spoke to people in, in the know... The ITK call, guy over here. If we go back as well, I called Leno as well because that guy is a. Te- he ain't a very good goalkeeper. He, he had a record of um, making errors. Um, I yeah. do think that he'd. Um, he's been a. I guess my, the problem with me and goalkeepers is I compare everyone to Kepper, and thus basically there's 19 goalkeepers in the league that are actually really exceptional because Kepper's so bad. But um, 
that that Pepe deal, mate, seventy two million and 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 whatever wages and whatever agents fees. That's a disaster because you kind of look at that, and I know you can't look at it fairly because this summer was the COVID window, so you could have got our for fifty million pounds. You do look at it though like that, and you go. What a fucking dreadful signing because that has hampered them. It's hamstrung them. And then you kind of touch on the Aubameyang thing. I don't think Aubameyang's necessarily going to down tools. But you have to keep him interested in football matches. I think that's- Otherwise, there is a risk. You've got a 300 grand a week footballer that's just going to check out. Then you have another mess at Ozil situation. And you, you're, you're not Chelsea who can carry that. You're not Manchester United who can carry that. You're not Manchester... That is a burden on your football club that's going to prevent you from breaking into the top four so Especially he's got to work this out not getting any fans into your stadium which basically yeah. cost you 10 years of competing yeah absolutely mm. well good for our testers the fact that we have got an international week two weeks well is it two weeks or just one week we're back on the 21st i think is the football okay match, right? miserable. So, miserable miserable no one wants this no one wants an international i, I know week, i know so there is no predictions this week however I mean, well, given the fact that you just kind of described it as miserable, um, I do want to give maybe a quick two or three, four minutes maybe about England. Obviously, we've got some games coming up. I don't know if you give a shit or not. Um, so we've got a home game against Iceland. That won't happen in because Germany. we're not allowed to... It's going to be in Germany. So it's in, Ge- it's in no, Germany it's now. Germany or Albania, something random. Yeah, Albania is what I've heard. So we're playing Iceland in Albania because obviously the Iceland team's playing in Denmark where there's mink... <laughs> covid a new stream and the government's gone they're not coming over um yeah i mean there's a lot of talk obviously about call-ups wasn't there with a couple of dropouts for for injury and um james madison and there is an interesting uh, one with bellingham he's been called up today he has that's Why um, playing a friendly Mm. friendly shouldn't look mate I'll go back to this I spoke, obviously I tweeted about this because it, it annoys me a lot because I don't think that these fixtures should be happening other than the Scotland game and the Northern Ireland game I think there's one other game which are the qualifiers for the European Championships next summer should they happen the rest of it can fuck off no one gives a fuck about the European Special League of Friends it's just like they can bin it off you're just causing oh. a headache <laughs> Look what someone's just said. No one gives a fuck about the European Super League of Best Friends. In its current situation. Well, there we go, boys In and its girls. current situation. All I'm saying is, this show has been very enlightening for me. I don't know if it's been enlightening for you. I've All I've heard in this show today is that Michael called this. Michael called that. Remember that thing that Michael called ages ago? Oh, but there's another thing. There's another thing that Michael called. Yeah? No one gives a fuck about a tournament that no one gives a fuck about. Pointless. Absolutely fucking pointless. It's pointless now. Give it up. It's pointless in the middle of a COVID yeah, situation. It's but for what it's now. worth as well, Arsene Wenger did come out and say, this tournament doesn't work because people don't understand how it works. They need to simplify it. Simplify it because people don't understand this this multi-layered <laughs> tournament that gets to a final. So you have to keep it simple for football fans. Otherwise, we'll just lose interest. And I, I guarantee if you um, ask yeah, some they, Scottish they fans, if you ask some Scottish fans, they would not be saying this. Absolutely. Because they've got no, a cute I mean, game. it's a massive, massive football match. Um France 98, right, was the last one. Obviously, they almost qualified for Euro 2000, but um, Paul Scholes got adopted by Kevin Keegan at Hamden. Um, and also 2008, I think. They almost made that, but then they lost to an Italy oh, team. No, are we talking about Scottish football, really? Is this it what was, we're doing now? We no, that was Ireland, wasn't the handball team. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's important for them, right? This is a big I, game. I, like France 98, I, I do remember because they played Brazil in the opener, didn't they? It was a, and it was awful. It was awful. 
It was, I remember being so excited for that opening game. I was like, oh, we're going to get to see Denilson and his step overs. We get to see the famous Brazilian team. And yeah, it was dog shit. It, it was, was a bad awful. game. Scotland basically dragged it down with their Colin Hendryness. <laughs> awful. Colin Hendry. I don't care about Scotland. I thought Colin Hendry got retired in 96, mate. No, I think Colin Hendry was there. I, I, I was definitely referencing the Paul Gascoigne guy. Oh, right. Ah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yes, you are, you are right. <laughs> right, look, Michael's getting aggy. Michael's an hour ahead of us. That's fine. I, this, this is the Mikey they sign up this, for. Yeah, well, let's not talk about international football. We'll see how it goes. We might touch, touch upon it next week. Hey, international football. Can I, can I, I like, dude, um, no, carry on. I'm just saying I'm, I have got a very clear winner and a very clear loser this week. And that's Ooh, what I want to move on to. So as you've got a clear winner, hit me up with a winner of the week. Or your winner of the okay. week. Okay, oh, no, wait, who is my winner again? One second. Well, there's definitely a clear winner. There's, there's definitely, <laughs> there's a, clear definitely a clear winner. Yeah, I mean, it's... I know, no, my chump, yeah. my chump is... Um, my chump is... Uh, I know it's been our chumps many, many times. And I apologise for bringing it up again. But it is uh, the Mark handball, Hughes? Not the handball, oh. the, off, the offside rule. <laughs> I um, thought you were going to go with a bit of Mark Hughes goal. there, mate. I thought, you know, we were bringing back Mark yeah. Hughes as our loser. <laughs> uh, the Bamford goal is my loser of the week. Um, how he's offside for that I'm astonished so it's an absolute fucking it's to do with the new handball rule which part partners into the off it's stupid because the new handball rule is to do with sleeve position or something and um, yeah look the problem with the rules VAR's been let down because the rules are fucking dreadful um, it's it, the rules have been written and put together without kind of having people that understand football there to kind of go well that's stupid that's going to be a problem um, the problem is referees and officials aren't allowed to use common sense on these things anymore as well I, mean, I understand why they can't use feet position because um, not every if they use feet position for offsides um, you can only apply that to, 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 to games that have VAR uh, like the linesmanship, and it's very, it's actually harder for a linesman to call an offside from feet position than it is for them to call it with body position. Yeah. Uh, just because split second, bodies are clear, feet are not. I yeah. get that entirely, but the this this whole this this is just dog shit, mate. I, I I'm furious about it. I'm really really angry about this now. I'm fed what do you up think they I'm should fed do? Fed up of not being able to celebrate goals. I'm fed up of having to talk about this. I'm fed up of going on Twitter and seeing these fucking lines. I'm fed up to my teeth of just this. I do away with awful, the lines. Awful thing that's just 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 happened to our football. Do you know I what they ins- should do? Do you know what they should do? Sorry, just this is my, yeah, this ahead, is my solution to solve this this bullshit, right? Football is that is, but Mourinho said this the other week, right? I miss my football, right? I miss my football. Goal line technology, mwah, perfect. That works exactly how it should do. There's no grey area. It's a goal or it isn't. Perfect. Love it. Sign me up, please. The other version of football that we've lived with our entire lives is ref interpretation. Yeah. Right. If it's me, this is what this is how I deal with VAR. I lose all these stupid fucking lines, and I say right. The referee still has control because I know that was one of the things that they really struggled with. You know, we don't want to take away the ref's control when they're refereeing a game and stuff like that. Right. If there's a contentious offside decision and it's a bit, oh, I don't know, he goes to the monitor and just looks at it. No yeah. fucking lines. No lines. No fucking anything else. Just exactly. Just you know what? I'm making a judgment call on what I can see there having watched it again if I think it's offside or not. 
And that way, it's like, you know what, then we go to that referee's decision. And then hopefully we'll get in a position where, yeah, we might wheedle out some of the dog shit referees. And we, bring, and we have referees in the game that are confident in making decisions and hopefully get them right. You said that the other day, Woods, that they get something like 90 odd percent or, yeah. of decisions right anyway. We'll leave it to them. What This wasn't fucking broken, man. No, it wasn't broken. The goal line technology was um, it's great. It's great. It's, that, that was, was the needed. thing that was fucking teams out of money, like the Liverpool-Chelsea thing. That was the thing that was genuinely unfair. An offside call. I'm not it's just not, the, it's not just the offside, though, is it? Because there were some contentious handballs as well, which they went to VAR for as well. Uh, the Leicester one I can't even oh, believe was given. The Leicester handball is genuinely one of the worst things I've ever seen in football. I can Again, kind that, of agree with the Gomez one. I can just because because the ball has travelled a fair way and his arm is slightly away and it does stop the ball being delivered into the a danger. I can kind of get it's not there great, with it. but you can get yeah. The Leicester one, forget about it. Trash. I saw the same one with Everton it's, against Crystal Palace early in the season. It was it was, hmm. it was disgusting. He's like literally oh, was point one, blank. It's two two or three yards away. And yeah, smacked it was it. one midweek for Chelsea. I couldn't believe it, mate. Um, you know, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I want my club to win football matches. Um, but I, I was watching it just shaking my head. I was just like, the game's gone. You've got this geezer that's come to block a ball, right? And he's put his, he's kind of back, his back's away. His hands are kind of up away because, you know, kind of like he would do if you were flinching a little bit. And he's put his foot out. It's, the ball's deflected off his mate's foot and it's flown up, smacked his stray hand, which is up kind of above his shoulder. The refs looked at it, given a penalty because by the letter of the UEFA laws, because their rules are worse than ours. Because remember the start of the season, we actually changed it because those rules are so bad. Second yellow card as well. Ugh. I'm like, this is incredible. So not only is it an unjust penalty, the geezer's being sent off. Like it's, it's just, just a, it's, it's, it's ruining football Madrid. matches. Real Madrid conceded four penalties at the weekend. Four. I heard it was Ramos gave away three. <laughs> <laughs> a hattier penalties mate <laughs> I mean it's it's stupid we, we didn't I don't remember watching football as a kid kind of going um, you know there was always a contentious where people like, you must remember Mikey Old Trafford um, Chelsea versus Manchester United basically decided a game Drogba's offside scores a goal Fergie reminded about it but it happened right it, it's just part of the fucking game it's crap but it's part of the game Um Obviously, now it wouldn't have happened and God knows what have happened in an alternative universe with that. But ultimately, that was just part of the game. We're fine with it because the game flows. Because Drogba scores it, the Chelsea fans up in the away end and in the bars and wherever they're watching it, celebrate. Not with this risk of basically five minutes later looking like um, knobheads, basically, um, for celebrating a goal that wasn't a goal. It's stupid. Do away with it. Keep the, keep the goal line technology. Um, I think to an extent, Penalty fouls I'd keep, but I'd be sorting this out as well because I've had enough of uh, inconsequential, is that what they call it, contact? Like kind of incidental contact, that's the word. Where just like a clip of a player's toe and they're going over and giving penalties. No, 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 no. I don't want this as penalties. Those aren't penalties, right? And I get that this kind of player is being clever playing for it. Like we touched on this last week with the Harry Kane. I don't want these being penalties. They're not penalties. Let's get back to what a penalty is. I'm not saying I want players to be cut in half. Such a harsh. Giving another team a penalty is a really severe. um, It's giving a goal to the other team. It's a really a punishment. It's a really really severe punishment. It's like. Oh, it's really really. It changes the game completely. It's almost a guaranteed goal. You can get. 
It is. Yeah, and you can, unless you're De Bruyne. Uh, De Bruyne. <laughs> but De Bruyne did the decent thing, right? De Bruyne is a champion of football. He understood that was a bullshit penalty. He was like, I'm going to put this ball wide because I think the handball rule is dog shit. So my, That's my belief. So, Mikey, your, your trump then was obviously VAR, offside, whatever. Would you seem yeah. pretty angry? Are you in agreement? Or do you have it's you, Greg Clark, mate. You've got a different is it one. Like, I, we had the, you've got the breaking story Clark. pretty much before the podcast. Yeah, started. I know. I'm ta- what I the had a feeling f- would go with this one. What on earth was he doing? So, um, Greg Clark, uh, the FA chairman, was doing, um, I think he was talking to the cultural media um, about something. I don't know really what it was talking about. I'm, try- I'm trying to read now. So, <laughs> high profiled coloured footballers. Are you fucking kidding me in 2020? And also suggesting um, that um, homosexuality was a life choice. You also suggested that he was advised that girls don't like the ball being kicked at them very hard. This is incredible. It's 2020. This guy's the chairman of the FA. Not anymore. I mean, not anymore because he's resigned. But are you, are you fucking serious? Like, how has he sat there talking to politicians... And etc. etc. Put this and confidently saying these words like he was saying nothing wrong. Incredible. I mean, I on Twitter today, and I saw as soon as I saw Collymore, yeah, getting up in arms about something, I was like, Whoa, "What's going on here?" Then because he was furious, and I, yeah, I, he I was. watched it, and my mouth, my jaw hit the floor. It's like, "What is going on? Are you are you kidding me? This guy is coming out and saying this shit." Like, it's time to change the top end of football. Too many old white dudes with too many old white dude thoughts on football. It needs to change. Well, uh, it as needs I to said change. in the group, I think, I think, unfortunately, I do think it's going to be generations. Um, you know, unless we start doing, making these bold changes and start recruiting yeah. or putting in, in places like younger, more diverse Go people. younger. Because, yeah, you the need ga- the diversity and you also need the, the someone that's, I don't know, as you say, the middle age, you almost kind of know what, what sort of environment they've grown up in whether it be the media, the TV that they're watching at the time. And if they haven't adapted their ways or, or they can't see or they think it's acceptable to say those words in 2020, in, your, in the position that you're in, you're the fucking chairman of the FA, then, sorry, you're, you're, you're fucking brainless. You're stupid. Um, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement, Woods. I, d- I will have an honorable mention for my chump because it was someone different until literally about an hour before the pod. I have to go with uh, Adeloma <laughs> Lookman. Oh God! It, yes, he had it nailed on for basically oh, up until an hour ago. <laughs> you got a feel for the guy, but at the same time, it's like, what are no, you doing? No, I don't. I not, do. not I at do, all. Mate. Not, mate. I don't know why you have a soft spot for well, this guy. He turned his nose up at he, you. He lot. did, uh, and I can't blame him because he weren't playing. And uh, for what it's worth, since he's been at Fulham, still defending him. That was still a defence in <laughs> there. Like, for what it's worth, yeah. well, since he's been at Fulham, he's looked at. He's looked That's at how player. down on Everton Football Club Lee is. <laughs> Can't, can't blame him for not wanting to be there. <laughs> mate, fair Walcott, look at him, mate. He's fucking suddenly looks like he's got another gear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since he's gone to Southampton. It's a fucking joke. Keane, Moyes Keane. Mate, all of them, mate. You can name all these players that have left Everton and they're all having great seasons now. So, Mate, can't wait to wherever Hammers is next year, mate. He is going to be winning the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, mine's Lookman, obviously, for the uh, for the Penenka penalty, which was a, just an utter fail. Just no, no leverage, no... No, oh, it's just awful. The fact that Fabianski dropped to his knees, kind of went one way, and then he's like, "Oh, well, this is coming towards me at a slow pace. I can just catch this last minute as well to rescue a point." You know, you're 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 London at the bottom of the table. Points matter. 
and he fucked up. And he knows, well, he, he come out and apologised, but yeah. Anyway, let, hit me up some winners. Let's get, let's end on a good note. Uh, let's go to Mike first. Did you find your winner in the end? I've got my winner. Go on in. So I nearly went with Danny Welbeck because uh, I played. <laughs> the fact that he's on a football pitch <laughs> in the Premier League. That was just enough for me, to be honest with you. Uh, but no, I'm going to read out a small little extract for, of a quote from someone. Maybe tomorrow, Cristiano Ronaldo wakes up and says, I want to go play elsewhere, Leonardo said, told PSG TV. Who can buy him? It's a closed circle. PSG enters this circle. Usually it is about opportunities, situations. So, um, yeah, basically, it's my winner of the week is Cristiano Ronaldo because the PSG, uh, the chairman, uh, sporting director Leonardo basically said that um, if Juventus put him up for sale next summer, which bowl accounts they're going to do, they need to, right? Buying him. Um, and even though he does say that... Oh, last fill your boots! Last year, we lost between 15 and 20% um, of, 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 of revenue. And this year will be more. But honestly, at PSG, there is a capacity and the means to overcome the crisis. So they're going to sell Mbappe. Whilst earlier on, I did say, you know, they're not, they're not going to spend the money on Pogba. Ronaldo comes available. They've got the funds to do this. And this, what this means is, is that Cristiano Ronaldo makes bank. Okay. A thousand so like, goals he's heading to, mate. What's he on? Seven hundred and something right he's now. He's breaking Pele's record, mate. A you thousand see, you goals. See Zlatan, mate. He's like what forty years old, still banging them in. Um, Ronaldo's going to play until he's forty-five. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he plays, if he plays in the French league, I mean, what a coup that would be for what it's worth. Um, I'm, I'm currently pulling up the goal scoring records because I want to see what the record is because uh, okay uh, Yosef uh, Bikan um, and that's right I keep forgetting this guy who scored 805 well it's definitely not Pele because uh, he makes his up <laughs> yeah, he scored uh, so Pele's on 767 seven. Ronaldo's only four behind that anyway um, Ronaldo is on uh, 763 uh, so he's going to break that record anyway he's only 40 away um, Messi is about so 25 behind but um, he's um, obviously Playing having quite a dry, dry spell at the moment a, yeah, they're, they're uh, yeah. scored an open play really, there, there are Barcelona fans on the internet now who have given up because uh, Ansu Fati's injured and yep because four months because of that there's no joy at Barcelona now apparently I was reading that Barcelona wanted him gone Messi it's just that they didn't want him to go for free and they just couldn't get the money that that because it does make you wonder that how that deal to City didn't happen. Um, he's going to walk for free in the summer to somewhere. Hey, Farmers League, Messi and Ronaldo. Anyone? Mate, I want to see it. It'd be glorious. It's what it's what we want. Would, would, give me a winner. You, well, we're, oh no! Look. Sorry. On that note, quickly talking of players that can walk for free. Why is no one making any deal of Aguero? Because he can literally talk to clubs in January. He's um, he doesn't want to resign, right? No, I don't, I don't feel. I don't feel Pep's ever quite got on well with him, especially in the last in couple of years. Moment one, he turned up. He was never his guy. Mm. And when Jesus turned up, he wanted Jesus to be the guy, and he's always tried it, and it's never quite worked um, with Jesus. Although good goal at the weekend, I will say. Um, it's going to be interesting because that's going to need a replacement. The thing is, is Pep Pep's not signed up yet. No. I think they go after Haaland. Haaland's buyout isn't next summer; it's the summer after. It's City that they'll throw the cash. It'll be interesting because Dortmund, Dortmund, which we found out last summer, Dortmund. I mean, Dortmund won't need the cash because they're selling Sancho this summer. 
Okay. Right. So it's worth keeping in mind. It will take a big sum. I think what I've heard is that Pochettino could be on his way to, to City and there's obviously a geezer in North mm-hmm. London that still would have probably not won anything in his career uh, that's on his way to breaking Alan Shearer's record that might want to go partner well, he might, up. He might Who have knows? Europa League by Kane, then. Kane is, Kane is the one that needs to go and play for Man City. Mm. He is. Anyway, anyway, Absolutely. Woods, hit me with a winner. Um, I, I'm going to go with Hakim Zayek. Um, nice biased choice. <laughs> very biased choice. I, I was spellbinded, but he was just so, so good. I He was the one that I wasn't too sure of, actually, um, because the Eredivisie thing, right? And it still might peter out, right? It's, it's a couple of performances, but his, his performance, especially on Saturday, was exceptional. Just everything about that player. Bio Cancer Frank's a big fan because of his mentality. Um, he's, he's a mentality player as well, which, you know, we, we, we spoke about in the group. I mean, Bruno Fernandes is close to being the winner as well because, you know, I, I've got a love for Bruno Fernandes, not just because of his technical ability, but because he's up for basically the fight. Um, I'm all about that. And I kind of think that Zayek's got an elite mentality where he's just willing to take things on. and um, He could be the difference maker between um, Frank staying and Frank going um, as we've already touched on earlier in the pod funnily enough I've been always more confident on Zayek succeeding than I was definitely yeah it's interesting I I, I just had an air of yeah but 27 the Keshmans Ajax why is he not left Etc. Etc. I know he's just always in the back of my Kesman's the thing is in my back of my mind, right? I got burnt big time with a tired Kesman, although it was only like six million pounds. I hardly got burnt big time, but but it's always there in the back of my mind a bit. You know, are you getting Van Nistelrooy and Matthias Kesman was the classic one, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, he looks the real the real deal. But also shout out to Bruno Fernandes, who just basically willed Manchester United to a victory at, at Goodison. Um, he, it, I kind of envision, just kind of, I know you've spoken about this game, I do envision a situation where United have had two disappointing results back to back and Bruno Fernandes has kind of basically said, we're not having three bad results in a row here. We're going to get this done here. And they probably, I, I just think that he just willed them through it. Fair enough. Looks hard. It's- Who's your winner, Mr. Collard? It, it's me. Um, <laughs> no, I, obviously I went to said that Woods was quite biased. Obviously, I'm quite just a just a prick, basically. Um, so I, I listened to the pod as I said uh, before. Uh, I listened to it last week. I heard I was a loser. Well, here I am. I'm here with a fucking microphone. I, I've, I've worked a MacBook somehow, and I'm very happy about that. So therefore, I am the winner for me, or just or just in general. Actually, the pod of two halves winner, me. Okay, <laughs> but let, let, let's let's outro this because I know Mike. You know you you probably desperately to get away. Um, that's the end of the show. Hope you enjoyed. If there were any technical issues, I do apologise. Mike wants maybe our technical engineer wants to come in and say a few words as well. No, I was going to say it's ten o'clock. I haven't had dinner yet, so that's all. Yeah, but you're in Spain, mate. Got three hours till dinner time. <laughs> this is this is normal, mate. That's the Madrista way. As, as ever, dude. It's really cold here. That's the- <laughs> It's actually quite warm here as well in England at the moment. Yeah, yeah, surprising. Loving it. Loving life. Toasty. Um, (laughs) We are on an international break. I think we will probably do something next week. We'll probably maybe do a special. We always do in the international break. We love a special during the international break. We do not know yet, but we'll think of something hopefully. Unless Mike. Take suggestions as well. Unless Mike's going to use this opportunity not to turn up next week, maybe. I don't know. 
the Ballon d'Or uh, list thing. What, right? what Jackson's little suggestion in the group. Yes. Yeah, well, we can talk about some Ballon d'Or winners and the fact that Jordan Henderson is high up the list is, or they even made the list. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the, the list of um, players for the Ballon d'Or. Great thing radio, that. guys. Great radio. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. This, this is definitely what we should be is talking Jordan about. Is Jordan Henderson now. in there, by the way, Evan? No, uh, no I, Jets. I posted, I posted the top uh, goal.com have listed their top. Yeah, you posted that, which is a load of hooey. Jordan um, Henderson just captained the team to a Premier League title. Thought he might be in there. Couldn't care less. Mm. Well, couldn't care. If less, you want to hear man. about more about Woods's views, he is on Twitter actively <laughs> as ever, get racking up them likes. He does put out some corkers of the tweets, but um. For now, we should say goodbye. And he, he, he wants to say something, but I'm conscious that that's no, not excellent. No, no. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. I'm going to say goodbye. Podbean. That's where Woods has mentioned as well. Podbean, <laughs> iTunes. Might come up with one. What are we available Spotify. on? Spotify. Spotify and probably other things. Maybe there's a new Amazon thing. Maybe we're on that. Who knows? Find us. We're about. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Apologies again for any technical I think issues. No, you can even you might be able to actually type Pod of Two Halves into Google and listen straight from wow. Google. Wow. Breaking the internet. It's crazy. Buenos noches from Michael there. Yeah? Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Arrivederci. Oh, you son of a bitch. I got nothing. Goodbye. <laughs> Good Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.